Haha Tequila has only been around for a year, but the silver and gold spirits are already sold in 28 states and over 2,000 locations across the U.S. So how does a new tequila brand disrupt a saturated liquor market and make a big splash? Between sustainable production, a strong social media presence, and experimentation with out-of-home advertising, HaHa lets marketing do the heavy lifting. Today, we're talking with founders Maurice Tabele and Martin Hofstein about their desire to create a more relatable, colorful tequila brand that has turned the liquor industry on its head. I'm Kara Hogan, and this is The Empowered Marketer. The Empowered Marketer is brought to you by Zayas, the CRM that helps you better understand your buyers to create a fantastic customer experience. Learn more at Zayas.com. That's Z-A-I-U-S.com. Maurice and Martin are avid tequila lovers, not unlike many others their age. However, they notice that while spirits are enjoyed by people in their 20s and 30s, they aren't necessarily marketed to them. Essentially, one night we were at dinner, myself and Maurice, we both always talked about, you know, moving away from our day-to-day jobs, or I was honestly kind of bored with what I was doing. And we're at dinner one night and we look at the back bar and everything seems uh, stagnant, boring, all the same, a lot of the same colors. And we want, you know, we felt that as New Yorkers, you know, I was 27 at the time, Maurice was 31. What could we create? What's a brand that we would want to interact with and engage with? And we just felt like all of the brands on the shelf were a bit older, white, male, dominated, pseudo lux boring. So we wanted to create something a little bit more fun and a lot more color on the bar. It's definitely colorful. I'll agree with you there. (laughs) What about the name? Where did HaHa come from? So we put up a whiteboard and started to write, you know, our favorite English words and, and translated them to Spanish. And our third partner, Elliot, who's Maurice's brother, um, has a uh, Instagram account or platform, F Jerry, which is built on memes and making people laugh. And one of the words we translated was LOL or haha. And we thought it was really funny and it served as a really great extension of what he has created. And in addition to that, it's, it's almost really playful on how you say it. Is it haha? Is it jaja? Is it ya ya? Um, and it's often been a topic of conversation on how to really pronounce it. And you know, we're playful and the brand is playful. So um, we really felt that the name was a perfect balance of what we are. Well, well, that is a good question, actually. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Because <laughs> I just assumed. No, it's definitely haha, and it And it plays off of Jalisco as well. So um, tequila needs to come from the, uh, Jalisco, the region of Mexico or state of Mexico and um yeah, so haha, ha, Jalisco, it's, it's, it's a great blend. So you mentioned, you know, there's so many different liquor brands out there and tons of tequila brands. So how have you differentiated this brand in such a crowded market? We went into this and we we're like, okay, let's put the color on the bar. And then even from a social perspective and, you know, through our marketing, we don't take ourselves too seriously. So in my opinion or our opinion, a lot of the brands before us have similar marketing campaigns, similar cocktail shots on their social feeds. Our brand is really lighthearted and we don't take ourselves seriously. We 
it's all about having fun. So a lot of the messaging on social, we're engaging with our audience in ways brands have never done before. In the spirit space, the branding is different. We, when we were even designing our glass and the bottle, we sat with different bartenders to come up with a design that felt really comfortable in everybody's hands. So it was really thoughtful, um, you know, in terms of every touch point of the bottle and messaging. And so neither of you really have previous experience in this industry. So besides being inspired by you feeling like it needed to get changed, what made you want to do it? And what was the biggest challenge or surprise in working on this project? The beautiful thing about creating a tequila brand is that you kind of have a clean slate into designing your, your package and you know the energy that you want to give off with your brand. You ask, why did we decide to make our own tequila? We are drinkers of tequila. And with that, we wanted to create something for ourselves. As far as the biggest challenge in marketing a spirit, I mean, it's very hard to gauge conversion. I would say uh, that's the number one challenge is that if we do a promotional activity or an advertisement or billboard, since we don't control the channel where the consumer is shopping, uh, we're, you know, we're, constantly trying to scrape data from these retailers. Um, the three-tier system prevents us from selling liquor directly to an end consumer. And um, we have to work around that and try to kind of hack the system and figure it out. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Has it been challenging to work with these distributors? Like I know it can be kind of tough to break into certain areas. Yeah, it's definitely difficult. Every state treats its, its distribution, even though it's one company, or you know maybe two or three companies, but Southern Glazers is our distributor in most of the states that we distribute haha. And each one of those states has a Southern Glazers presence that runs in a completely different way. And a lot of it has to do with the legal boundaries that they have to be confined to to comply with the state regulations. And uh, a lot of it just has to do with the culture of the people in that state. And getting to know and getting acclimated with the, the force over there is uh, it's like, it's like meeting with a new company every single time we walk into another state. Yeah. That's super challenging and something, something I feel like anyone who's trying to start a liquor brand has to keep in mind. Absolutely. And choosing a distributor is something that it's like a marriage. If you could choose the wrong one, you could be in trouble. So no, we got lucky. We chose Southern. They're the biggest, they're the strongest in the in the country. They've really been instrumental in helping us grow. So I noticed when I was browsing you know, site a little bit that uh, you talk a lot about the product being sustainable and eco-friendly. What about it is sustainable and why did you decide to focus on that when creating this product? We realized how important it is to keep this earth clean. Uh, there's just so many different things that are working against us in uh, industrialization of the of the world and i you know i i see personally that the world is making a shift towards trying to save the world and we want there to be a part of that movement and you ask what what makes us sustainable everything we do is sustainable from top to bottom so firstly um, our package has zero plastic if you look at it there's only paper labels and glass the glass is coming from recycled it's fully recycled glass and it's fully recyclable. And then you have um, labels which are made out of paper. There's no plastic products on there. The cork is made out of wood. It's uh, completely 
compostable, I guess you can say, not compostable, but recyclable or compostable. Uh, and then secondly, the distillery that we chose to deal with in Mexico, we made sure that we selected a, a distillery that uses only the most eco-friendly production methods. It's funny because the older methods are the ones that are most eco-friendly. More recently, they are getting uh, machinery that does things to the tequila to make it you know, a little bit quicker production or cheaper to produce, but that also impacts the environment. So we went with the traditional methods, which involves you know, using the machinery that's been used over 40 years ago. It's a slower process, but it's much more effective in keeping the waste clean. All the agave that's used to make the tequila is composted. Volcanic water from the local volcano is used in, in the production. And then I think the, the charity that we give uh, per case donation to goes directly towards sustainability and the way that it pre preserves the bat farms. So in, in Jalisco, where tequila is made, the agave is actually pollinated by the bats. And there is an initiative that we donate $1 per case sold called Tequila Interchange Project. And their initiative is uh, they, have two, they have two goals. One is to um, have a select amount of farms left untapped. So if I own an agave farm and I subscribe to this charity, I would leave 10% of my farm untapped. So I would leave the agave to grow naturally for bat pollination to happen naturally. And with the surge in demand of tequila, you could imagine how with the agave shortage that the agave is being yanked out of the ground and the entire ecosystem is becoming messed up. So this initiative we felt really strongly about. And then uh, secondly, the other goal of this charitable organization is preserving the health care of the hemidors. So hemidors are people that work in the field. They uh, take the agave out of the ground with axes and they are often not treated up to par with regulations of working conditions. So this charity focuses on making sure that the hemidors are being properly taken care of in the fields. That's great. And so have you heard a good response from your audience about this message about, you know, having it be sustainable and giving back? And who really is this target market that you're going after? Yeah, we definitely heard a positive response. I think it's kind of expected now in any new startup. Maybe we're not getting the same type of response just because everyone's doing it now. And it's kind of expected. But, we, you know, it doesn't really matter what kind of response we get. We do that because we believe that the company should be eco-friendly. It's not something that we're looking to do as a marketing stunt or whatever. Then you asked about our demographic. We're, we're targeting people that are between 21 and 35 years of age. Both genders, I would say that there's definitely appeal to the female side. Definitely a, a younger consumer who's looking to upgrade from uh, an entry-level brand into something more luxurious. So it's kind of a segue brand. And then when they taste it, you know, it's the type of thing that you can just keep on drinking for the rest of your life. It's, the, it's, not, it's not like a stepping stone brand because it is super, super premium quality tequila in that, in that bottle. It's triple distilled. It's aged in the finest barrels, all the Reposado is, and the Añejo will be. 
all the methods we use are traditional. The product is really top notch in the bottle. Great. It makes sense with that demographic that you're going after that you have a big focus on social media. I noticed that you guys have like 43,000 followers on Instagram specifically. I'd love to talk about your social media strategy, what's working well for you. Obviously, you did mention that you are kind of lightly affiliated with F. Jerry. So yeah, I'd love to hear about that. It really goes back to what the core values of the brand are. And, and you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously, right? So we use our, our Instagram account really to, to be the conduit of communication between us and our audience and our fan base. And we've created, you know, really fun, engaging pictures that are almost random, but ironic in a lot of ways. And they love it. And we listen to our followers, right? So when our, it's funny, we posted a picture a couple of months ago of a ice cream truck meme, you know, designed as a tequila truck. Um, We got a ton of feedback. We got hundreds of DMs and emails asking if the truck was real. And then over the last couple of months, we've, secured an ice cream, old ice cream truck on eBay, bought it. Um, it's actually being delivered to us tomorrow. So we're super excited to like now show how a picture that we posted as like almost a joke has become like this reality. And, and that's really what the brand is all about is, you know, having fun, connecting with an audience and being different and not like everyone else. Yeah, I love that, that you took a you took a joke and you were like, oh, people seem to like this. I guess uh, we should do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's really a lot of what we've done with the brand is, is deliver fun content, right? And, and be relevant when it comes to pop culture. So like when Drake posted a video of his plane, you know, our graphic team designed a funny plane, um, like a haha inspired airplane, you know, so. You know, we play with pop culture, we play with memes, we create beautiful graphics and create a beautiful experience at every touch point of the brand. So the social platform to our website, to the bottle, uh, we want to make sure that everything's consistent and beautiful. Nice. And so are, are you mainly focusing on organic interactions or have you experimented with paid at all on social as well? And if yes, what, what kind of campaigns have you done? Yeah, so a little bit of paid advertising, um, really just tests. So we're in a handful of different chain retailers across the country, and we've created really fun campaigns and advertised through Facebook and Instagram to promote awareness that HaHa is now available at those specific chains. So whether it's Finney's in Chicago or Specs in Texas, uh, BevMo and Total Wine, we've used so like Facebook advertising or Instagram advertising to really build awareness of different moments throughout the growth of the company. Um, and then in addition to that, we've done some paid advertising, like such as out of home, which has been really fun. We recently launched an out of home campaign, which kind of like pokes fun at ourselves in a way, the QA. And so kind of like office culture, humor. Uh, you guys should check it out. If you go on the internet, just type in haha tequila billboard. And you'll see what we're up to. But um, it's really, you know, it's revolutionary, I think, in a way that instead of an advertisement trying to make your brand look so advanced and ahead of the game, it's kind of like saying we're just a young bunch of dudes trying to make a successful tequila brand. And I think people really had a very keen appreciation for that type of messaging because I guess it's what it's the opposite of what everyone's doing. People appreciate appreciate different 
differentiation and um, we're trying to take that and reiterate that and it's become like a core ethos of our brand to kind of just like poke fun at ourselves and it's working really well so we're going to probably continue doing that so look out nice and so how do you actually measure the success of these campaigns well the way to measure the success is really through the digital response i would say on our billboard there was a bunch of different people that actually wrote articles about our billboard there was a professor who actually surrounded his course around our marketing uh, strategy. And he assigned his students a project to design HaHa's marketing initiative for the next year. And we got like five or six different students that were the top out of the whole class that we were able to see their, their marketing initiatives. And that was so amazing to us to see that our brand made it into some classroom of a, of a university so that's the type of thing that that's how far it's going it's 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 being so different and being appreciated by these people that have nothing to do with the brand and don't even necessarily like tequila that are growing an appreciation for not the product but the brand so i think that's the um i think that's success that's the dream for every marketer. But yeah, I'd love to hear maybe one other story of another campaign besides the billboard that you you were a little surprised by, that it was unexpected, that it worked so well. Our Instagram account, I looked at it as one big campaign. And you know, while it's not a, a traditional paid media, uh, we do have a tremendous amount of engagement and seeing the way people interact with the, the, the random type of posts that we put up. Um, I would say that's that's a measure of success. Do you feel like you can almost build an entire brand with mainly an Instagram account now? Um, good question. I think th it needs more than that, especially in liquor. Uh, building a brand, maybe getting the product out there is a different story. But um, you definitely need the help of an influencer to um, catapult your uh, awareness if you want to do it in a, in a, in a faster motion, if you're going to, if you're going to have a lot of patience, then sure. Instagram <laughs> is the way to go. You could be around five, six years and your following will grow slowly, but surely, and you'll have true loyalty over time. But I think with, um, having someone like my brother, Elliot, who's uh, loosely connected to the company as a way to kind of amplify whatever we do on our social media, it really helps. Um, it really helps accelerate that, that path. Yeah. I, I did notice that you have a lot of, you know, like different celebrities and other people that it seems like you send product to, and then they post videos of themselves opening the bottle and all of that kind of thing. Is that part of what you would consider like an influencer marketing campaign? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, seeding the product in the right people's hands, getting them to try it again, to engage with it. And, you know, these days people love to share. So naturally, um, naturally they put it back right on their own feeds and that kind of created this viral effect where now millions and millions of people know about haha what was one time that you failed and something went really badly what happened and how did you handle it and learn from it uh yeah i can name you at least one one or two stories um well the first time we uh had our first bottling for our initial pipeline fill order we um we designed our label to say gluten-free on the back because tequila is gluten-free by nature. 
turns out all the bottles were completed. We found out after uh, inspection by the CRT, the, that's the Tequila Regulatory Council in Mexico, that in order to be labeled gluten-free, turns out you need to have a certain certification. So now picture this, you're going into launch, we're about to launch in 15 days, and all of a sudden you have 21,000 bottles all ready to go, and the CRT tells you, sorry, your product is illegal, you can't ship it out. So it's interesting, you know, we, we had no idea, even our distillery had no idea about this regulation. And um, we actually had to relabel, we had to, we had to have the labels peeled off manually by hand, 21,000 of them. Oh, brutal. Relabeled. Yeah, and it pushed our launch back by over a month. And we ended up launching in New York in November as opposed to like August, September. So that was probably one of the biggest failures. I guess the lesson learned is to ask more questions and to just cross your T's, dot your I's and be very thorough and don't assume anything is okay and, and ask and make sure it's okay so that you don't bump into these things again. I wouldn't call it a failure. I would call it a lesson, but I guess that's what all failures are, the lessons. Yeah, that's usually what what I try to get to at this question is that, you know, everyone fails, even someone who you see online who's running a successful company. I feel like it, you know, makes you feel a little bit better about the mistakes you make uh, as a marketer all the time. That's super interesting. And I feel like that makes sense in that there's so many regulations around liquor everywhere that, of course, there's one that you miss accidentally. Exactly. So looking to the future, uh, how do you see the world of marketing in the spirits industry changing and what are your plans for growth for haha specifically uh, marketing is definitely evolving and we got to keep a finger on the pulse i don't know how it's going to happen i can't predict but right now what we're doing is i think cutting edge and we're going to keep looking out to see where the trends are going in, in, in the way people speak to consumers and try to evolve with that so I think, you know, in terms of our plans for future growth, we're looking at, you know, new product or line extensions. Um, we'll have an Anejo come out hopefully in the next couple of months. And then we'll do a more expensive elevated luxury bottle coming out probably sometime in 2020. We actually met with our bottle manufacturers this morning. So we're starting that design process now, um, which we're really excited about. Um, and then in, in addition to, I think, uh, new product extensions, it's, it's more about, you know, growing the brand awareness, growing distribution. Uh, right now, we're just being sold in the U.S. And, you know, we have future plans to look outside of uh, the U.S. for further distribution. To learn more about Haha ha Tequila, follow them on Instagram at Haha. Ha, that's at J-A-J-A. -A, or go to HahaTequila.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we'll see you lovely humans again in two weeks.